Well, good evening, everyone. Um, this will be kind of a, a report of what took place last week. Of course, there's a number. I'd like to see a hands of those that were not at Yosemite. Okay. Now I'd like to see a hands of those that never have been to Yosemite. Wow. Okay. Well, I would say there's about, on average, about 200, and I say around 210. If everyone, if they didn't go on the hikes, there probably could have been 250 at the conference. So it was a, I thought it was a very good, good showing. And uh, again, it was just, just beautiful weather, getting a little bit warm um, at the end of the week. But uh, we, it'd be nice to have some more water in the river because Yosemite Falls three years ago was just cascading, thundering over the mountain. And this year, you just couldn't see it uh, by the time of the end of the week. So it would be nice to have some more water. But the ministry, of course, is something that we also um, more so enjoy, I do, uh, just to sit down and be focused. But these brethren have have been laid on their heart and and moved by the spirit and it's just uh of course you can't take it all in and there will be um i'm going to say tapes with cds available right how soon would they be uh, ready they'll be online tomorrow so if you're interested in hearing the ministry uh you need to get it. i don't know if there will be cds available here for people to take but there will be okay so uh please um, get those, and um, and I don't know, I look forward even to getting those myself, just to be able to be quiet by myself and not distracted by the, the beauty of Yosemite, and to just uh, to listen to those once again. So um, I think right now if um, Danny, we're going to have a Dixon clan up here, um, he's going to uh, just share what's on his heart and what, what took place up there. Well, I was asked to uh, come up here and, and just kind of go over the, uh, what Joe had spoke on. Uh, Uncle Doug was going over the, the seven sayings, and uh, we kind of were trying to remember what order they went in. Um, because on my way up there, I knew the seven sayings, but I just forgot what order they went in. And he went in order of each and every saying, the first one being uh, in Luke 23, uh, verse 34. Uh, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And Joe, uh, Joe was talking about how that's a prayer and how when Jesus said that on the cross, um, he, was, he was a man of prayer. And so when he was up there, he's just uh, praying on our behalf. You know, they don't know what they do. Don't, don't put judgment on them. Put it on me. And that stood out to me on that saying. The second one was in Luke 23, 43. Today you will be with me in paradise. And what's said out there is that it didn't say you might be, or you could be, or you should be. It said you will be, um, saying that that very day they will be in paradise. Not tomorrow, not in a week, not a month, not in a year, but tomorrow, or uh, today, you will be with me. The third one was, be, uh, woman, behold your son. And uh, when he was talking to this uh, 
to the other one he said, Behold your mother. And that was in John 19, 26 to 27. And how, uh, what stood out to me was that he didn't even say, Mary, behold your son. He just said, Woman. Um, just saying that, you know, we, we put Mary up higher than wh- what we ought to. And he was saying, No, you know, you got to respect her for giving the birth, but no more than that. Just, Woman, behold your son. Um, the next one was uh, the fourth one. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In Matthew 27, also referenced in Mark 15. I always thought this one was at, like, towards the end of the day because I always thought, okay, it's getting darker, and then he, he made the whole world dark. But uh, what Joe was saying was that it, this was probably around noon, uh, noontime, so the sun should have been straight up, and, and God blackened the whole earth for three hours. And in that three hours, that's when he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And uh, he was also saying, uh, uh, the the fifth one was right after it had uh, been light. And that one was in uh, John John 19, which I kind of want to look up because I made a little note. Uh, it's in John 19, 28, and this is when it was light again. And uh, it said, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scriptures might be fulfilled, saying, I thirst. This was the fifth saying. And the interesting thing that he said is that um, he, wouldn't have, he wouldn't have mentioned himself unless all is well. Our Lord up on the cross would not have uh, been selfish unless everything else has been accomplished. And then also, then two verses down in verse 30. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he said that could be translated, it's done. Nothing else needed to happen after that point. Um, It was completed at that point. Then that was the sixth cry. Then the last one. uh, Father, into... Your hands I commit my spirit, Luke twenty three forty six, and he said about this one is that um, they always try to kill him. You know they had groups trying to kill him, and uh, they they couldn't. And even on the cross they tried to kill him, thinking, "Ha, huh, we got him here," but they didn't because he gave up his spirit willingly. They didn't take it from him; he gave it up. And uh, that was a very uh, touching thing that I, that I saw, is that, you know, you can, you can try things, but, you know, the, the Lord says, you know what, I'm going to do it on my own time. This is my own way. I will give up my spirit. And uh, that's what I got out of the seven sayings. Again, you need to get the CDs. I mean, that's a taste, just a taste. And uh, I just so much enjoyed the two men together um, in both their um, areas that they were speaking in. Um, Also, uh, we had, uh, well, you know what, maybe I better not, I don't know if I'll be taking any wind out of the sail of of David, but... um, I tell you, Dave and Tori sure did a work up there. Um, with the young people, the volleyball, 
and uh, a meal that I will, it'll be hard to forget. <laughs> I ate, oh, it was so much food, and um, it was wonderful. And so uh, I asked uh, David to come up and, and maybe just share on some of the activities and numbers or whatever's on your heart. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I've actually heard Joe speak on the seven sayings before. Um, it's also on Voices for Christ, which is a website um, where various itinerant speakers and, and various uh, uh, preachers uh, upload, or, or there's a couple brothers back east that are in charge of the website, and they upload all these messages. And there's, I don't know, I think 50,000 messages um, from, and it goes all the way back to uh, T. Ernest Wilson. Um, it just, it, to, to the point where you didn't think they had recordings back then. They have brothers preaching. And um, Joe, Joe uh, Reese has them on there. I've heard him speak in person and on there. And, it, and um, not to mention, we often talk about the seven sayings and the breaking of bread. And um, just like the breaking of bread and just like every time we open the Bible, um, it was as if we never heard it before. Uh, I mean, just interesting thoughts and things that were brought out. Uh, Mike Atwood, who we all know uh, from the Spring Conference, spoke on the Book of Numbers. And when he announced that he was speaking on the Book of Numbers, um, there were, you could kind of feel there was like maybe some grumbling within the crowd, and um, I don't know, I don't know how he's going to take a whole week on that. Um, and then he started, and it was an absolute blessing. I, I, I cannot, um, I couldn't get over. It. In fact, he um, he spoke on the Book of Numbers in Malaysia a couple uh, weeks previous to Yosemite, and in Malaysia they gave him a lot more time to speak. Uh, we only limited him to about 45 minutes to an hour a day um, for, for five or six days. Uh, in Malaysia, they just kind of let the clock go. And those messages are also on Voices for Christ. And as soon as I got in the car, I, I plugged that in. Um, and he goes into so much more depth than he did at the Yosemite conference. Um, but just a, just a brief thought and how he divided the chapter or the book is the first 10 chapters really talk about the, uh, the Israelites' obedience to God and how they listened and how they were following, and um, the order that God had set up. Then from chapter 11 on, it gets real ugly, and there's a lot of disobedience within the book of Numbers. Um, and we have, uh, obviously, the story of the spies. Um, we, and, and one thing that he, that he mentioned, you know, we can mention the, the two spies, the two good spies, but could anybody in here mention the ten uh, bad ones, the ten spies that gave a bad report? And we don't think about those men. We forget about them. All we, all we remember is Joshua and Caleb. And um, he talked about how uh, the book of Numbers is a book of wanderings, about um, uh, God trying to establish his order and Israel holding on to something that they were saved from. Um, he said, um, which I thought was an interesting point, it took, it took um, Israel 40 hours to get out of Egypt, roughly. But it took 40 years to get Egypt out of Israel. And um, it took 40 years wandering in the desert to, to remove that, that complaining and that bondage that they were in. In fact, they get to the point where they're, they're desiring the leeks, the onions, and the melons, um, something that Joe McHale said gives you stinky breath. Uh, they desire to, to, uh, the, the leeks, the onions, and the melons from Egypt. But they forget the bondage and the slavery. And, and oftentimes we, we reminisce about the past and, um, and, and we, we remember the good old days. 
And sometimes they weren't the good old days. Um, there were days when, uh, when we were wandering away from the Lord and, and places we shouldn't be. And uh, again, it, it, was, it, was like drinking, uh, it was like drinking water from a, from a fire hose, uh, trying to, to get all this stuff in. Um, but one thing he did, uh, he passed out, and we can probably make a copy of um, uh, and, and have it in the back, is just this little uh, the setup on how the tribes positioned around the tabernacle. And it was very specific. And each one had a, a specific role. And, and he actually gets, that, gets into that a little bit later. But um, uh, the, the, the main point, and, and uh, Uncle Doug brought it up this morning, was the fact that the tabernacle was in the center. Um, it was in the center of the group. And um, that is such a picture to us of the way the Lord should be in our lives and in this assembly, and as well as this assembly. This, this, this assembly, this, this church, should be the center of our lives. We should be, um, our lives should be focused around uh, the work of the Lord and around Him. Um, and it says, uh, one, one thought that he brought up is, um, you cannot build a New Testament uh, assembly without absolute commitment. It takes absolute commitment, and not by just one of the members. If only one tribe had an absolute commitment and the rest forsook it, Israel would have fell apart. And, and, and we, see, we see them as they, they wander off, and there's, 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 you know, at times pandemonium because they weren't focused, because they didn't, they didn't uh, put um, uh, the emphasis on, uh, on the Lord. Um, one verse that I wanted to read, and it was just uh, something that jumped out to us, um, and it's in Numbers chapter 1. And it's, uh, it's a verse that we went over throughout the whole week. And um, it's in uh, Numbers chapter 1. And uh, we'll, we'll, t- we'll start in verse 2. It says, Take a census of all the congreg- congregation of the children of Israel by their families, by their fathers' houses, according to the numbers of names, every male individually. And this, this is the key verse, uh, verse 3. From 20 years old and above, all who are able to go to war... In Israel, and the thought here was um, the the Christian life is not a playground. It's not something that we take lightly. It's a battlefield, and and it's it's a constant battle against uh, against the flesh, against Satan, against the world, and it's not something to be taken lightly. Um, and these these men, these children of Israel, were numbered um, twenty years old and above, and and that really kind of spoke to to a lot of the younger guys. Um, and, and girls, uh, and, and, you know, uh, one thing that Mike always mentions or brings up, and he says, if you're not serious about the Lord right now, when are you going to get serious? And um, like Uncle Doug was mentioning, uh, we had a, a night where we had the young people over at the campsite, and uh, there was about 100, I, I, if, I, if I counted right, uh, 100 young people at the campsite, and we had Joe and Mike um, share, a, share a thought. And Mike, um, Mike's thought was um, thinking about the day of the Lord and, and when he's returning and how we should be living in the last days. And, and he really spurred on um, the young ones to, to, to change the way they're living, uh, to, to get serious about the Lord and, and your walk with the Lord and to take things seriously. A, a challenge that he gave us last year, and I know a lot of, a lot of um, guys here took it seriously was he challenged all the young people that were there to read the Bible 
from the, from the time he left to the time we got back to Yosemite. Um, it was Monday night at, at our campsite, campsite 25, last year, and he challenged them. And I know a lot of people accepted that challenge and read through the Bible that year. Um, and he made the challenge again this year um, to read through the Bible at least once, at least once throughout the year. Um, we, we, had a, we had a real good group. We, we did, um, like I said, we had, had about 100 there. Um, we did a volleyball tournament. We had about 120 uh, people show up to that. And um, we had a spaghetti night, uh, just a good time of fellowship, um, an absolute blessing. And, and uh, l- like, uh, like Uncle Doug said, the, the, the CDs or the messages will be uploaded tomorrow. Um, but if you can't wait, if you'd like to dig into them tonight, they are on Voices for Christ, both of them. And um, absolutely just a, just a blessing, um, things that we're going to be gleaning from uh, for, for years to come. So and that's, that's what I got. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate that. Um, there was just so much to, to take in on both brothers and... Um, I really enjoy just learning more about the tabernacle. I wish, I remember years and years ago, I don't know, just a little, little squirt, little munchkin. I remember that tabernacle that was set up in the chapel here. I think it was Peter Pell, I believe, wasn't it? The, the tabernacle, and it was, I don't know how big of a board it was. But uh, so interesting, just absolutely packed with application and just learning of what, why God set it up this way. And again, God, where God dwells, like I mentioned this morning, he's got a pattern. He has what he, he, he gave instructions on how to do it, what to use, and everything, a pattern. And it's supposed to be by that pattern, only by that pattern to be right, where God dwells. And so it's really interesting to set up. So let's see, now this, this is the west and this is the east, right? So east was the, and you know, I, I, I noticed um, uh, Mike Atwood, you know, I might have been his years down in Georgia. I spent some time down in Georgia and, and the way they talk sometimes. And he says, he says Malaysia. Not Malaysia. Malaysia, where's the R on the end? Or, or Juder. Juder, you know, I don't know where he gets, gets, puts an R on the ends of the thing. I said, where'd he get that? But on the east was Issachar. We would have got that right. And then Judah and Zebulun. And on the west would it be Benjamin, Ephraim, and Manasseh. And toward the north, Asher, Dan, I'm pointing up. It should be <laughs> north, Asher, Dan, and uh, Naphtali. And um, to the south, was Gad, Reuben, and, and Simeon. Each one, uh, as David has mentioned, that they, they had a, actually like a banner, a flag, which is a representation of their, of their tribe. And, and of course, Judah is what? A lion. So there's a banner. I drew a flag here with a lion, you know, lion on it. Um, not like the Detroit lion, but the lions. Um, and then in the south, the Reuben was man. And then he was connecting what gospel, the four gospels of each tribe. And so Judah um, would be like uh, the book of Luke. Um, Reuben would be like man, like the son of man, Matthew. 
And then on the west, with Benjamin, Ephraim, and Manasseh, it was, anybody can remember? Ox. The ox, that's right. And so that would be, and I didn't write down, see, these things I've got to keep writing out. That would be the, the Gospel of Mark. Anybody remember why it was the Gospel of Mark? Servant. And to the north was uh, the Gospel of John and uh, of Dan and the eagle was their banner. I, it's just interesting. I just love the study of the tabernacle, and it's been years since I've heard it. I know Randy Amos had like a, it was a life-size, almost a life-size model of this, uh, of the tabernacle. And, you know, just to think of it, the camp as it sat was 12 miles square, 12 miles square, two and a half million people. And I know uh, Tori fixed enough food probably to feed, I know a lot more than it was at the camp there. But to feed two and a half million people with the quails, what did he say? I, did he say it was like three foot deep maybe of, of quail? Can you imagine? Wow, what a hunter's day. Delight. I mean, just incredible. But, you know, the Lord is the one who did it all. Man cannot take any, you know, pride in doing anything. It was all the Lord that was a provision. And he provided a cloud and fire by night. And, I mean, there's a huge cloud. And at night, it must have been spectacular. And I remember a song. I, I, it's, it's in a cassette tape somewhere, so that's how old it is. But it's about the children of Israel. And it says, uh, move when it's moving and stay when it stays. That's all you got to do. Move when it's moving and stay when it stays. And, and what a, you know... It just, it's there. You can't make a mistake. So that was just, uh, just really interesting what Mike, Mike had on the t- tabernacle. And, and then again uh, in, uh, with Joe Reese, and I just, um, I so much enjoy starting the week off around the, the emblems. And I so much more enjoy dwelling and focusing on Christ. And we did that for a whole week. We did that for a whole week with the tabernacle and then with the sayings of the Lord at Calvary. And, uh, you know, the one, I mean, I enjoyed them all, but I'm just going to pick one out that Joe mentioned. And he mentioned the I and the it. The I and the it. That is the person and the work. I thirst, he said, and it is finished. The I and it of all his sayings. I thirst, and it is finished. Um, and I don't know. It's just there. It's just so loaded. And I just challenge you to go through these the seven sayings of our Lord, and just um, read them over and over and over again and just see what, and you know, one 
Now, I mentioned this morning about the clothing that man put on the Lord uh, before the cross. And just there's so many things you can just glean from the Savior. And I was thinking about his eyes. And just in Luke 22, if you want to turn there, in Luke 22, and such a moving, such a moving uh, portion of scripture here with Peter. And um, you know how it is with Peter. Uh, he's just a very bold man. Um, he's not an introvert by any means. And uh, how in verse um, in verse this well verse 54 we'll just read 54 then then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house and peter followed afar off you know if you know you really when you see someone that is starting to drift I mean, one that, you know, that, that is a believer. Someone that is, you think is getting cold, you just question, their, where are they at? And here it says that Peter followed. <laughs> where? Afar off. He wasn't very close, was he? And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall, and were set down together. Peter sat down among them. Now I realize we're in this world. But look at this trend that is going on with Peter. He's following afar off. And now he's starting to mingle amongst them. And the problem is he's not saying anything. He's mixing right into them. I mean he would maybe look just like the others around that fire getting warm. But a certain maid, in verse 56, beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him, with the Lord. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. Can you just picture yourself in that position among some people and come to the point of saying, I don't know the Lord Jesus. Oh, I hope that never happens. But you know, Satan, he is a God of this world. And he'll do anything to make you deny the Lord Jesus. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know, I know him not. And after a little while, another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. I am not. And about the space of one hour after another confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately, while he yet spake, the cock crew. Now you can imagine, um, Peter knew right then what happened. He knew what he was doing. And we'll just wait till, there we go. Um, and while he yet spake, the cock crew. 
And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. Now, this is uh, what I'm thinking just before the cross, those eyes of our Lord. You notice that I know he was marred more than any man. But you know, they blinded Samson, didn't they? They, they, they took his eyes right out of him. But you know, God allowed his son to have his eyes while he was laying down maybe on that ground and pounding those nails on, he, his eyes were looking. Can you imagine what those eyes must have been like? Piercing. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. It was those eyes, wasn't it? Those eyes that, that just pierced right down into his very soul. Peter, he was saying, I love you. I love you. And that's what the Lord Jesus was saying as we've heard the sayings on the cross. He was truly saying, I love you. Those eyes were looking amongst all that crowd and just hearing those shouts those eyes. And you know, then we, then we continue on. And the men that held Jesus mocked him and smote him. And when they had blindfolded him, there we go. All these, these men, these, the high priests and all these that are surrounding him, they couldn't take it. Those eyes must have been just so powerful. They said, cover his eyes up. I don't want him to be seeing me. Because no, there must have been guilt that was just shaking them, their knees and everything. So they covered his, his eyes. And, and then what they did to him. Then they felt like I could do anything. But boy, just think of all the myriad and myriad of angels looking down. Their eyes are looking down and seeing what man is doing to their master. The angels are looking down. The Father is looking down and just waiting. We heard, I think, Mike or Joe just saying, just waiting for that. Just say it. Come. Just say it. Just think it in your mind. I, we're back home. Um, we're going through its uh, firm foundation, Sunday School material, and its creation through Christ. And it's just amazing. I mean, it is it is. We go through it, it's slower than a snail, but it is so good. <laughs> I'm glad it is. And it's just amazing how, just to think that God created the universe, all his angels, and Satan, and everything out of nothing. Out of nothing. And yet these, the angels are looking down and seeing what what are you doing? What are you saying? This is, this is God incarnate, the creator. And their eyes are looking down. Well, I just kind of just picked this up a little bit. And, uh, you know, just we, we've been focusing so much on this all this last week and, and today. Um, 
on Christ and the cross and, and around that time, I, I think it's just something maybe we, the more and more we think about it, maybe the more and more we'll feel at liberty to talk about it and to say something to someone um, in, our, in our walk, in this pilgrim walk. Um, I, I try to, and I, I need to get, try to go through the Bible once a year. I know I, I do read through Pilgrim's Progress once a year. Is it, it's fabulous. It's great scripture, just a great leading. <clears throat> but it can't take the place of the word and how we need to truly uh, uh, be feeding and maintain a, a good appetite in the word uh, early on, early in the morning, and even at night. Um, I'd just like to finish with a song. Um, since I, I quit early, we're going to be going over just a little, just a little bit. Um, this also uh, <clears throat> takes place <clears throat> in Jerusalem. And I'm sure you'll know of the one that it's talking about a little later in the song. But it's uh, <clears throat> the title um, is it's called Watch the Lamb. I don't know if anybody has, has heard that song. It's, it's been around for a while. Dave, you used this last, didn't you? <laughs> but... Um, <clears throat> It's Watch the Lamb, and it's, it's kind of a ballad type of a thing, so it's going to be a lot harder than the one I did this morning. I didn't do too good, so let's see what we can do. Songs. I 
stood there with my children in the midst of angry men. Then I heard the crowd cry out, Crucify him! We tried to leave the city, but we could not get away. Forced to play in this drama, but did not wish to play. Why upon this day were men condemned to die? Why were we standing here where soon they would pass by? I looked and I said, even now they come. First one cried for mercy, the people gave him none. The second one was violent, he was arrogant and loud. I can still hear the angry voice screaming at the crowd. Then someone said, there's Jesus. I scarce can believe my eyes. A man so badly beaten, he barely looked alive. Blood poured from his body, from the thorns upon his brow. Running down the cross, falling to the ground. I watched him as he struggled, I was hoping someone would help. His body was sore stricken to bear a wicked cross. In that moment I felt such agony, in that moment I felt such loss. Till the Roman soldier grabbed my arm and screamed, I tried to resist him, then his hand reached for his sword. And so I knelt and took the cross from the Lord, and placed it on my shoulder and started down the street. The blood he was shedding was running Golgotha, they drove the nails deep in his hands and feet. Yet upon the cross I heard him pray, Father, forgive them. No, never have I seen such love in any other eyes. cross I heard him pray Father forgive them I stood there for what seemed like years I lost all sense of time until I felt two tiny hands holding tight to mine 
My children stood there weeping, I heard the oldest say, Father, please forgive us, the lamb ran away. that's what we all need to do more, isn't it? Is to watch the lamb. Not let the world creep into our vision, but to focus on the lamb so we can be a light and be used as our Savior wants us to be used. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for your long-suffering and patience with us. And you so want to use us. Each and every one of us has a gift out here. And each and every one that is a believer and a child of God has a testimony. And Father, that is important to thee. As being a temple, this tabernacle here, O oh Father, where you dwell, your spirit dwells within us. I pray, O oh Father, that we would think twice of where we go because we're taking the Holy Spirit with us. To think twice of what we would say against our brother or sister or anything to, to put Christ down. Father, help us to think that we have your spirit dwelling within us. Oh, Father, I pray for that strength to to get through this, this world that is dark and dying. And I pray that, oh God, you would help us not to pound those tent stakes in too deep. Oh, Heavenly Father, I think of anyone out here that yet is not a believer, that has not taken Christ as their Lord and Savior. I pray, oh God, for them even tonight. They would not leave here, O oh Father, until they make their life right before they leave here. O oh God, oh, I don't wish hell on anyone, O oh Father. I just wish they would take the Savior. But, O oh Father, I pray, O oh God, now that thou will just work in the hearts and souls of us all. And I would ask it in the name which is above every name, the name of our blessed Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.